Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin? Or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there? You just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you want to know the Bible better, and you're looking for any resource to help. Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica. And we love to study the Bible, and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of Scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of Scripture, it adds to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Erica? Yes? We are actually approaching the end of Acts. (laughs) Amazing! Yes! We are, it is the 4th of July. Oh my word. Yes. When wow. I said this to you in January. Yeah, we did not were think. Were you planning nope. on going this long? But I feel like we have really journeyed with Yes. Paul. Yes. I feel I, like I know the man a little bit better. Yeah, he's kind of passionate. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he kind of likes to get things riled up. He's a lightning rod. Yes. I don't know if he likes it. He just does it naturally. Right. But we left off last week uh, with Festus. Yes. Do I have the right name? No, Felix is the first one. Felix. I know. It okay. becomes Festus. Yes. We left off with Felix. Paul's yep. been on house arrest, palace yeah. arrest, yeah. you know, for two years. Because ultimately they took him to the Roman court and said, hey, we want to try him. But there really was no good Roman law right. that he was breaking. Right. It was truly just an inner Jewish squabble. Right. People who don't like him. Which leaves then our Roman judges. Right. Leaders in a quandary. Right. What do we do? Because we kind of do need the Jews to do some of our dirty work sometimes. Right. But yet, I also don't want to get in trouble with Rome. Right. So Felix left him there and you were introducing... Felix and his wife went off, died in Pompeii, we think. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Mount Vesuvius took care of them. Yep. And now we have Festus. Festus was appointed the new governor by Nero, and he was actually a pretty good guy. Which is fascinating when you said that. Yeah. He he punished the zealots who were terrorizing the people, those Sicarii zealots. Right. Uh, Felix would use them. To do his dirty work. And he would allow them to terrorize the people. And then he'd put them in jail. And then the leaders would bribe him to set him free. So he would. Then they'd terrorize the people. He'd put them back in jail. They'd bribe him again. He'd set him go free. Well, Festus would actually put them in jail and keep them in jail or put them to death. (laughs) Um, Another false messiah comes along. Festus actually gets him, nabs him, puts him to death, and his uh, disciples... Um, Felix, Felix liked intrigue. Festus didn't. And at the same time, we have a new high priest um, who had more Pharisaic leaning, so he was more judge. He was more um, justly high, okay. more of a just high priest, a little bit better. Okay. But the old high priests is still around. Are still around, and you still got Caiaphas family who. Okay responsible for putting Jesus to death, they're all still around. So and very powerful, all of them. Sounds like it's just getting messier actually. It's <laughs> so messy in Jerusalem. Um it's especially by the time of the revel- revolt, it was extremely messy and bloody and so many people got caught in the middle. It was horrible. 
But Festus, at least, is a good governor who seems to want to bring peace and justice to this part of the world. So Festus, because he's the new guy, goes up to Jerusalem to meet and greet with the important people. And yes, he meets the new high priest, but the old high priest is still there and they went they still want Paul dead. You know, we've got these forty men who two years oh, yeah. ago made an are starving. Right. They've only eaten right. enough to stay barely alive. Exactly. They'd like to eat more. <laughs> so could you send Paul to us so we can finally be done with him and be over this? And Festus isn't sure. He may have already heard some things about the Sadducees, the believers. He's like, that's all right. You can come to me. If you want this guy dead, you come to me and we'll see what happens. Okay. And it's the same old Luke doesn't really have to give us the breakdown of the trial again. It's a repeat of what happened before. Nothing can be proven. Festus, just like Felix, realizes there's no court case here. Rome doesn't need to be involved. And he's willing to send Paul back home. This is obviously an intra-Jewish squabble. Mm -hmm. This is between the two of you. It's religious. It's not about me. Paul, can I send you back to Jerusalem? And Paul's like, heck no. If you send me back, they'll kill me. Paul apparently was fine dying for the right reasons. (laughs) But he didn't want to die at the hands of corrupt priests kind of like his whipping i'm right. good being whipped jewishly but not in the roman exactly. way exactly <laughs> paul had some interesting which i can totally appreciate paul definitely had his boundaries i'm willing to put up with this not that right and he finally says i've done nothing wrong you know according to roman law and according to the torah i'm innocent right. i've done nothing wrong i appeal to caesar well dead stop Because every Roman citizen who was afraid they weren't being given a fair trial had the right to appeal directly to the emperor. And at his leisure, is it leisure or leisure? I've heard. I say leisure. I say leisure, but I do like leisure. There's something about that word. (laughs) At Paul's leisure or Caesar's? At, At Caesar's leisure. Okay. He will hear you. And Festus checks, yep. Paul's a Roman citizen. All right, off to Caesar you go. So Paul, in a way, has to think Caesar is at least going to give him a chance. Yeah, it probably. You at least are going to be willing to hear me out and potentially not just judge me on a Jew or. Right. That's, it's fascinating. That's a whole side story. That's actually quite (laughs) fascinating. At this point in time, Nero has just recently become Caesar. Okay. His stepdad is dead. His mom probably poisoned him. So Nero... Minor detail. Minor detail. Nero is being controlled by his mother, who he eventually has put to death, and counselors that were good, decent men. And so Nero is appearing to the population as a good, decent ruler. In the beginning. In the beginning. And everyone's very excited, thinking we may be starting this new age of Rome, golden age of Rome, And we've got a good emperor. So Paul may be honestly thinking, I've got a fair chance. Mm -hmm. And I get to tell the gospel to the emperor who may actually listen and who knows who else is going to be listening. And I finally get to Rome, which he's been wanting to go to Rome. Mm -hmm. And so that could be why he appeals to Caesar. I've got a fair chance. Now, later on, 
Nero kills his mom, banishes his emperor, and the man goes insane. Goodbye, like, fair chance. Yes. Well, but it's a fascinating. <laughs> again. Again, what God does. But we're going to geek out on it. Not yes. right now. I so get it all behind later. her. Yes. <laughs> that's another story for another day. But now, while Festus is waiting to send Paul to Caesar, King Agrippa II and his sister Bernice yes. show up. Remember Drusilla from the last... That gorgeous younger sister. That go- <laughs> you cannot... <laughs> I think she's a little jealous, folks, of her younger <laughs> sisters, but we'll just let that go. Good one. Yeah. Um, Bernice shows up. Bernice yes. is also beautiful, but apparently just not as beautiful right. as the young Drusilla. Bernice, um, remember Acts chapter 12, King yep. Agrippa... Yep, the owl. And the owl. This is his kids. Okay. Bernice has been married twice and widowed twice. Honestly widowed. I don't think she killed him. Okay. She has two sons and a lot of wealth. Okay. Agrippa is her brother. Okay. Never married. She moves back in with him. And they kind of just travel and live together. Okay. Eventually, they are, people do begin to say that um, there's incest. Okay. But it could, we don't know. It could honestly be, he just never had an interest in marriage. And I've married, buried two men. Right. And I've got my sons and my money. I'm good. Right. And we just are good brother and sister. Right. So we don't know. Works in our both interests. Right. Exactly. Uh, So she and, so who is it? It's King Agrippa II and Bernice both go to Festus. Oh. Yeah. To Caesarea to meet with Festus. Hey, you're the new governor in town. Let me keep you up to date. Here's how the temple works. Here's how the Jewish people work. Here's the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Nazarenes, the Essenes, the Zealots. Let me just explain all these groups to you and how it works. And it keeps a good relationship between the governor and the king so that they can hopefully work together. Mm -hmm. Festus is like, hey, since you're in town... (laughs) I've got a quandary. Right. I've got this Jewish guy on my hands. I don't know what to do with him. Because an argument between Paul and the Sadducees seems to be centered on a guy they say is dead. Paul says he's alive. I don't really know. And personally, I don't care. (laughs) But I have to send him to Caesar. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to write on the charge against him. Because I can't send a Roman citizen to court before Caesar and say he believes a dead guy is back alive. Right. That's not breaking any Roman laws. Right. And you sound crazy. And I sound crazy. So I have to give Caesar something legal to send him to Rome with. To validate why I'm sending this guy. (laughs) Why is he in jail in the first place? And Agrippa's like, sure, I've been wanting to hear these people i would love to help you out on this so the next day festus you know it's this pomp and circumstance he he creates the whole scene he has the Mm. theater set up with all the seats and he brings in um agrippa and his sister and their whole retinue they're all sitting down and then they bring in the leading men of the city to sit and hear paul and then he brings in paul and paul's in chains i believe with a roman soldier on each side and he tells you know and he sets it up perfectly i have to send this man to caesar i don't know what to do with him and so i'm going to i need your help like it's kind of a show right 
It's very much kind of a show. Now, for Paul, he's willing to put on a show. Okay. He's willing to go there and defend himself. Agrippa II had the reputation for being, for a Herodian, for a son, a grand, great-grandson of Herod, for actually being a good guy. <laughs> go figure. I know. So Paul apparently is willing to say, hey, I know who you are. I know who your sister is. And yes, your great-grandfather put Jesus, tried to put Jesus to death, and your father put James to death and tried to put Peter to death, but you're not either one of them, Agrippa. So sure, I'll talk to you. I'll share my story, and we'll see what happens. And then we get to chapter 26. Oh. <gasps> We're going to do two chapters I in one episode. Woo. Hold on to your seats, right. people. <laughs> yeah. In chapter 26, it starts with this idea of Paul stretches out his hand. Essentially, it's just a gesture, meaning he's taking the stance of an orator. Okay. I appreciate where I am who I'm standing before. Paul was highly trained in his field. He knew the right poses, pauses, the dramatic gestures for this type of thing. And then we get a very polished speech about Paul's life. Okay. You know, so I don't know if Luke wants to make sure we're aware. Paul really does know how to defend himself because we've seen some ups and downs with Paul. Mm -hmm. And Luke wants you to know the man's not an idiot. So he gives us most, if not all, of Paul's speech, okay. it would appear. Paul doesn't purposefully try to hurt himself and act foolish. He is able to give a good defense. And maybe that's why Paul doesn't have a lawyer, because he feels confident in his own ability. Or maybe he couldn't afford one. I don't know. Uh, Bernice is there, but Paul addresses himself. And wait, real quick. She's the sister of Agrippa, the king. Right. And she then, acts as queen. Right. But they also had the little sister, Drusilla. Drusilla and they had so a So she would be a Jewish princess. Yes. So she would have Jewish yes. knowledge and understanding. Yeah. Okay. And Agrippa is a, technically a Jewish king. Oh, yeah. Just making all right. those, connecting all those dots. Right. Yeah. Okay. Paul addresses himself just to Agrippa because Roman protocol and Jewish protocol says women weren't involved in the official trial. Sure. So that's why he's not directly acknowledging her. And he says, hey, Agrippa II is the judge, and Nero, the emperor, gave Agrippa II control over the temple as well. Oh, wow. I think he's the one that got rid of the really bad high priest and puts in the decent one. The morbidly obese one is right. gone? Yeah. Okay. And Paul says, hey, it's a good thing I'm talking to Agrippa because you're in charge of the temple, and one of their main complaints against me is that I profane the temple. Mm -hmm. So this is actually your area of expertise your anyways. Yeah. And then in verse 4, I believe, Paul begins his offense. Mm -hmm. His defense, sorry. He acknowledges his upbringing in Jerusalem, the way he conducted himself. Agrippa would have been more like the Sadducees in the lifestyle, but he knew the Pharisees and what they stood for. Okay. So by acknowledging I was brought up as a Pharisee, that gives Agrippa, oh, okay, I know how you lived. Right. I know the type of person you were. Paul says, yes, I believe God raised a man from the dead. You probably don't believe that like the Sadducees, but Agrippa, let me ask you, do you really think it's impossible for God to raise someone from the dead. 
And while living in Jerusalem, I persecuted believers. Wherever I found them, I punished them and tried to make them blaspheme the name of Jesus. I was the last person you'd expect to become a disciple of this man raised from the dead. Trust me. I was just as shocked myself. <laughs> but one day I met him. I couldn't deny it. I couldn't fight it. Um, I think he uses the phrase kick against the goads. Mm -hmm. It's a Greek saying that means it's useless Verse to 14. fight the gods or your destiny. You know, a goad was an instrument used to make an ox pull straight and plow where you wanted him to. So essentially he's saying, I kind of had no choice. God set me apart for this. I can't fight what God has done. Mm -hmm. And then for the rest of his defense, um, either Paul leaves out details or Luke just doesn't give us the whole story. Because again, we've heard the story numerous times before. And this is our third time, I think, in like right. two chapters or three chapters. So he gives us the true story, but just from a different perspective. He mm -hmm. adds and removes details to make it a little more interesting. Paul talks about the resurrected Jesus commissioned me as an apostle, told me I was to go to the Gentiles. I'm obeying what the vision told me to do, which even Romans can appreciate. They believed in visions and mm. oracles, and you needed to obey what the god told you to do right so i'm just doing what the god said now verse 20 can you read that for me veronica but i kept on teaching both those in damascus first and also those in jerusalem as well as others throughout all that region of judea and those among the heathen nations that they should repent and turn to god performing good works appropriate for repentance okay repent mm -hmm. we've hit this before veronica because jesus hit this john mm -hmm. the baptist the disciples paul's message was repent mm -hmm. turn from your sin and then on top of repentance what else are we supposed to do perform good works perform good works your deeds matter <laughs> to god i think you said that last week i'm probably <laughs> sounding like beating a dead horse because but we so it's like we're so afraid of legalism right. that we've, what's that phrase? We've thrown out the baby with the bathwater. Right. Yes, you can't earn your salvation. But once you have been saved, there is much you are called to do by God to show your mm -hmm. salvation. And then God will reward you for doing those things. Mm -hmm. When you are raised from the dead, you will be rewarded mm -hmm. for those deeds repent do good deeds you know in the book of revelation uh a pastor pointed out recently how jesus says over and over again in the beginning of the letter to the churches i know your deeds mm -hmm. not your doctrine not your theology i know your deeds now yes your doctrine your theology matters. matters i'm not saying it doesn't but biblical doctrine leads to biblical deeds right Right. Obedience matters to God. You know, so Paul even acknowledges this over and over again. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. Do good deeds. Mm -hmm. Paul, again, says, I didn't teach against the scripture. I didn't blaspheme the temple and the God of Israel. Paul, in his defense, tries to show he's teaching Gentiles to obey the Torah the scriptures as it applies to them as Gentiles. 
So he's bringing God's kingdom one step closer and fulfilling what the prophets predicted would happen. Mm-hmm. This whole time, Paul's been speaking to Agrippa and Bernice. They have shells to put this on. Right. They have Jewish history and mindset right. and teaching. Right. They know the scriptures. Mm-hmm. This has left Festus in the dark. Oh, fascinating. He's been listening in while Paul's done a deep dive. Okay. Agrippa Bernice, you know this. Right. And part of your entourage knows this. So I'm going to talk as we both know and understand. Right. right. But neither Greeks nor Romans actually believe in a resurrection mm-hmm. or sin or a Messiah or atonement. You know, Paul is using ideas. Festus has no box, no shelf for these. So he's lost and he's confused. And he's like, Paul, I got to interrupt you, Brody, because I can tell you're really smart, but you sound insane. I think you're crazy. (laughs) And how do you respond to that? (laughs) Paul's like, I'm not crazy, but I'm also not speaking to you. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to Agrippa, and he knows the story of Jesus. He knows what the follower of Jesus are saying and how they're living. He knows the truth. Mm -hmm. And Paul realizes, okay, this is almost done. I've had my chance, so I'm going to be led away soon. And he pushes Agrippa for a response. He gives his listener a call to action. (laughs) Do you believe the prophets or do you not? And that silence just hangs because Agrippa now has to figure out how to respond. He can't say, no, I don't believe the prophets. Right. Because no good, no good Jewish person answers that way. But if I say, yes, I believe the prophets, Paul will use the prophets to then prove Jesus is the Messiah. Right. And I'm not ready to make a commitment to the Messiah of Israel. So... He gives that very evasive non-answer. You think you're going to convert me? Make me a believer? Uh In 27 verses through 29. And Paul goes, Agrippa, I know you believe the prophets. And Agrippa's like, come on, Paul. Give me a break. I'm not about to change. Who I am, what I am, sorry, not happening. But Paul pushes him. Uh, I think... So, but Agrippa is not an idiot and he's not going to debate Paul on theology. Right. Because he's, I'm very aware, Paul, I am out of my league. And what you're doing. Right. So I'm just going to let you handle it, Paul. And I'm stepping out of the conversation. And then they put Paul away. Send him back to his room, to wherever. And Agrippa and Festus have to talk through everything Paul said and what they heard. Festus is coming from the Roman perspective. Has Paul done anything criminal? Sure. And he says, I can't find any reason why he's here and and needs to go to Rome. Agrippa, do you hear anything worthy of death? And Agrippa says, no, I don't. Agrippa's been listening from the Jewish perspective. According to the scriptures, according to Judaism, has done Paul has Paul done anything wrong from that perspective? No. And Agrippa again has to say, no. Paul's innocent of both charges. Both the Roman charges and the Jewish charges. Wow. Both the governor and the king 
agree. You know, and I wondered if this is part of the reason Luke wrote Acts. You know, people are complaining about Paul, Mm -hmm. saying he's going against the scriptures, teaching against Jewish people, Judaism. This is a comment actually that has been going on for the last 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. And Luke goes out of his way through Paul's life to show you. And now in Paul's defense, over and over again, Paul himself says it's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, just like in the trials of Jesus, you have what, three different people saying he's innocent? Right. So that there's no doubt. Well, even here, Luke uses that same idea. We have the governor over and over again acknowledging Paul's innocent. And now we get the king of Judea also acknowledging Paul is innocent. And you're in a trial so you could bring in witnesses or have people come forward to say, no, he's done this. He's broken the law. Right. So you have Paul's own testimony. And there are no witnesses that can say otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times does Luke need to tell us? Paul's Torah observant. Right. <laughs> Paul lives according to the Old Testament. Paul doesn't teach against the scriptures. And so when we get to the New Testament and we re- read the epistles, Veronica, we have to oh. keep that in mind. What have we just learned from Acts? Mm-hmm. What's the foundation telling us? Mm-hmm. What did Paul say? Mm -hmm. What did Acts show us about Paul? Mm -hmm. Okay, as I'm reading the letters, the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Mm -hmm. Romans, I have to square that up with what I just read in Acts Mm -hmm. and what I know to be true about Paul in Acts. Right. Acts has to be the foundation. Yes, over and Mm -hmm. over again. Mm -hmm. Now we have to wrestle with that. Right, right. But Festus has no choice. At this point, Paul has appealed to Caesar that started this whole chain of events. Paul can't stop. Festus can't stop the ball rolling. Right. Paul, you appealed. You have to go. You're innocent. I could let you go free. But at this point now, you're stuck. You're going to Rome. Right. And we get to head to Rome with Paul in the next chapter. Right. And in the next podcast. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thanks for joining us. This has been fascinating. As always, we have our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Erica's website. We would love to hear what you're thinking, what your comments are, what your questions are. A favorite chapter. Yes. A favorite character. Yes. Or what you think if you had been there. Right. What you would have... Would you be more like Festus? Would you be more like... Hopefully not Felix. <laughs> yes. Yes, King Agrippa. Would you love to sit in that courtroom and just heard Paul's defense? So thanks for joining us and have a good week. Bye-bye.